Welcome to the Tech Sales Show. We just wrapped up our first series, Impeccable First Meeting Prep, and this episode is our very first interview. Our interviews will be with individuals that have been consistently above average tech sellers. Myself and Brian will break down their habits, routines, and rituals that continue to help them be above average in their career and life. I'm Bobby Doss here in Houston, Texas. Hey, hey, Bobby. I'm Brian Evans coming to you live from Windsor in the UK. And our first guest will be joining us today from Chicago, Illinois. And this guest has been in our network. We were just talking about this for over 10 years now. Uh, She's been consistently an above average tech seller. You might say a stellar tech seller. She's a motivation or speaker for salespeople, a wife and a mother. Please welcome to the show, Nadine Cherry. Oh, thank you, Bobby and Brian. I'm so happy to be here on your show and your first interview. I'm honored. Well, we're, we're really excited to have you. We're really excited for this first interview. Yeah, thanks very much for joining and for being our first guest. I was thinking back, we probably met around 2006 when the Mid-Market Microsoft team came up to work with your team in Chicago and try to uh, knock it out of the park for the Houston market, and we actually did just that. And as recent as a year or so ago, we closed some business together at EMC, and I would like to thank you for the long partnership. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I believe that when you find good people and you earn their trust, and these folks do what they say they're going to do, you follow them, right? As a partner, as a client, as a friend, that's just how it goes. So I'll keep following you, Bobby, and you too, Ryan. Thank you yeah, very much. I love it. I love it. So we we would take trips up about 10 years ago at Microsoft's uh, with CDW. And Bobby, you work with the Houston team. You guys would partner there. I would partner with the Dallas team. So Nadine, we haven't had a chance to work together. I'd love to learn more about your backgrounds, uh, both personally and professionally. Sure, absolutely. I grew up in St. Louis and lived in Chesterfield, Missouri. And my dad owns, and still does, owns a real estate company. And my mom is a therapist, so I have no problems. I'm totally perfect. <laughs> no, no baggage. Yeah, right. Uh, so sales actually has been in my blood for a long time because of my dad. He actually worked at a Freightline company and built a real estate company and then um, created his own Freightline company. So I'm very familiar with the world of sales. And so I had a fantastic childhood. I started working very young. Um, I actually worked at Dairy Queen. I make a mean blizzard. Um, all the cool <laughs> kids, for some reason, I, I don't know why it was cool to work at Dairy Queen. So I did. And then I got in my first real sales job in an awesome store called Splash, which is a surf, skate, and swim shop. I loved fashion at a very young age. They had really unique clothes, as, you know, for Chesterfield, Missouri. So I'd buy it all, wear it to school. I was like a walking billboard. It was a blast and worked there for many, many years, became really close with the owners. And every year I'd come back from college and work a little bit. So that was a blast. I really loved that. And then um, I ended up going to Indiana University. So I'm a Hoosier and I was in the Kelly School of Business there. I majored in marketing and international business and I had to work really hard in school. I'm sure you guys know there's a lot of folks who just, it just comes really easy. I right. had to bust my tail so hard and the business school was not easy for me. Um, but 
there were definitely different scenarios within the business school where I got to get some real world experience. There's this program called the i case where you're working together in a team similar to how you would with an MBA program. So you had to tackle their, for example, this was a salsa company actually. So we had to come up with a plan, a business plan for them in terms of their marketing, finance, operations, and leadership. And we worked together in a team and we presented. We actually ended up winning. It was a really cool experience. Um, and then actually my junior year, I moved for six months to Florence and studied um, in Florence, Italy, which was a blast um, for a lot of different reasons. I got to travel um, all over. Actually, Brian, I went to Europe and, and that was a really fantastic time. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I remember my parents came to visit me and at the end we were in Venice or something. And my dad, you know, they said, we're having the conversation. What are you going to do now? You know, it was my second semester junior year. And, um, I didn't know. And my dad had met some lawyer, some female lawyer. She was so great. And he's like, why don't you be a lawyer? And I was like, okay. And that was, a huge like lesson number one like don't listen to what your parents tell you (laughs) I appreciated that but I ended up going full force into becoming a lawyer and I went and took the LSAT I got tutored it was not sticking it was not for me but I didn't give up I kept trying and trying I went to visit schools and everything and finally I was like okay get real sister this is not who you are let it go go get another job. And so I ended up working through the business school. I interviewed in Miami. I interviewed in New York. Of course, all my friends were moving to Chicago after IU. So I went and interviewed at CDW and I really liked the culture a lot. There's a lot of young people. They had a really great training program. And so I decided that I would move to Chicago after school and work at CDW. And that's how it all began. That's very cool. And in CDW, I remember those trips distinctly. Chicago has such a great culture. CDW has such a great culture within Chicago there too. So that that had to have been a fun place to kick off the career. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, at that point, a lot of people, I guess they do know what they want. That's fantastic. I think there's a big group that don't. And so yeah. they start their jobs, you know, start going through and, and dipping their toe in the water and different things. And um, I can't tell you that I started at CBW thinking that I would build a long career and enjoy it as much as I have, but that's how it worked out. Um, so I'm really happy about that. Yeah, fantastic. So, um, love love the professional backgrounds and hearing about your 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 uh, your parents and your the influence they've had. Uh, what about your family now? Oh, have, my uh, family now it's changed yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, so it changed a lot in the past year. Um, so, my husband actually also went to IU, also studied in Florence. He is a oh, nice. um, couple years ahead of me, actually. Yeah. And we reconnected in Chicago. So thankfully I moved to Chicago and, um, we got married on nine, 10, 11 in St. Louis. And he is in real estate actually works at a private equity company in real estate. So he has been a tremendous resource to me. And, you know, it's just 
awesome to, to bounce ideas off of him. He has such a different perspective and we are constantly talking to each other about ways that we want to up our game. And yeah. so we love, we love traveling um, for our honeymoon. We went to South Africa. That was a pretty incredible experience. We love going to California. Um, we just uh, actually, so I'll, skip ahead, we ended up after um, sticking to our guns and, and taking our time and doing it when it was our time. We had a baby actually in March, um, on March 21st of 2017. Thank you. Thank you. And it was just a pretty incredible experience. Thank God more than anything, she's a healthy baby. And that's all we really could ask for. But we feel she, like everybody does about their kids. She's so much more. She's a very happy girl, and thankfully, she's a really good sleeper. Yeah, and yeah, uh, her name so her name is uh, <laughs> yeah, and her name is Fiona Moon, actually. Um, and uh, we just adore her. We are absolutely in love with her, and uh, we took her to Mexico actually at eight months old, and that was a, wow. a really good time. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and people see that picture on the blog post as well. But did you say March 23rd or 21st? 21st. Uh, my daughter's birthday is March 23rd. I was going to say there's another connection. But um, my daughter's 17, oh. and she's about to go to college. And it's going to be a continuous growth experience for both of you as she continues to grow up, for sure. And then one oh, other yeah. kind of comment. When I was younger, people used to tell me to be a lawyer, too, because I probably had the gift to gab, and they thought I could argue fairly well. But um, it took exactly. me much more than just getting out of college. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It really it does a number on you when tell, somebody tells you at a young age what to be. I, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not going to do that to Fiona, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. And part of what we're doing here is part of this tech sales show is – to give people an opportunity to learn about sales before they actually jump ship and become a salesperson and hopefully give them some education. I, I don't think I ever thought I would be a salesperson. Even when I was in technology, I, I, I honestly hated salespeople. And then as I continued to grow in my career and be, be a little bit more business-like, I realized the value that I could bring, not just being a technical consultant, but being a consultant to my customers as a salesperson. Absolutely. Absolutely. As we learn more about you, what is your proudest personal accomplishment? My proudest personal accomplishment, I have to say, kind of along those same lines as what we're talking about, is I'd say, quote, coming out as a speaker. Um, I love speaking at a really young age. It's so weird. Who likes motivational speaking? Who likes speaking in public? Nobody. Most people tell me I'd rather jump off a cliff. And so uh, when I was young, I was 16 or so, I went to my mom, even younger, I think, and I said, I want to be a public speaker. And she's like, uh, I don't know what to do with this kid. Um, <laughs> weird. So, you know, what do you say? And uh, so I, she had some gym friend and she sat me down with this person and he said, uh, that's great, but uh, I'm a motivational speaker. You're you're 15. What are you going to talk about? You have no experience. <laughs> so that was the moment that I, you know, I I said, okay, I guess this isn't me. I guess I I have to put this on hold, and I did, and it and it eat, you know it just ate me up inside because I for years I said you know I finally chose my path as the salesperson, 
and technology sales. And I would watch all of these TED Talks and all of these other speakers, and it would just pain me. Have you ever experienced anything like that where you watch somebody else doing your dream and you're just like, man, that should be me, and it hurt. And so um, that went on for several years. And then I think, Bobby, you and I are, are similar in terms of, you know, when you have a life experience, it can shift everything for you. Um, and unfortunately, most of those times are not the best life experiences, um, but they're ones that give you great perspective. And so for me, that was when my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Thankfully, she is in really great health and she got through it. But my mom and I are, everyone who knows us, so close. She's my best friend. And so when that happened, you know, you go into this automatic fight mode. And so I flew to St. Louis. We got through it. We did all the different surgeries and, and all the different doctor's appointments. And, and thankfully, she's okay. But after the dust settled, I felt like, whoa, life is for living. This is real. Our, our days are numbered. This is the only moment that matters. Stop hiding who you are and be you, be a speaker, go do it. And so I, I decided to go for it. And I started first at CDW and I rounded up a bunch of people that I had mentored over the years. And I said, hey, I got some content and I'm fast forwarding, but I'm going to spit my game at you guys. Are you down for that? Because I didn't have a chance to meet with them all individually. And so they said, yeah. And so I got them all in a room and I started talking to them about mindfulness, which is uh, something that I also experienced on the journey of my mom going through um, breast cancer. And also talked about tips and tricks and routines and rituals and becoming more present in the moment and how that can translate to sales. And um, after that was successful after several presentations and the group kept getting bigger. I started to shift my perspective and I just said, I'm a speaker. When people would ask me, I started just saying, I sell technology, but I'm also a speaker. And that alone, just being able to say, I am what you are is, is a pivotal moment. And then it started growing. People started asking me to speak. And so now I do both. I do speaking. And I also am a technology salesperson, and there's a lot of synergies there between them. Um, and so I would say my product accomplishment, back to your question, it just coming out in terms of who I am. And uh, that was a risky move. It took a lot of courage for me. Like I said, I was in, in denial or whatever you want to call it for a really long time. Um, but I'm so glad that I decided to do it, and it's still a learning experience. Uh, I bombed completely some talks, but um, it charges me, it energizes me, um, and I'm going to keep going because I, I can't deny who I am anymore. I love it. I love it. So, and so, so to further on this, Nadine, so we're, you know, we're all doing things on this this podcast now that are outside of our our day job today. Tell us more about the the work you're doing outside. Tell us about some of these speaking engagements. Tell us about uh, what you're doing outside of CDW. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll tell you, for the past year, I haven't been able to do much because I had the baby. And that was my top priority. 
So now I'm starting to ramp back up and get more into it. But um, so some of the talks I gave, so it it started, I've been a panel speaker uh, first, you know, for actually a company that was acquired by um, Nordstrom called Trunk Club. And um, after the panel talk, you know, they asked me to come back in and specifically work with their sellers on creating what I call top 10 sales mantras. And I go through these mantras with them um, and really help them engage each other. Um, so that, that's been a great successful talk. And a lot of what I like to talk about, it, like I mentioned on mindfulness, and mindfulness is really just paying attention to the present moment without yeah. judgment and um, being aware, creating more awareness and recognizing when you have thoughts going through your mind and not saying, why did I have that thought? I shouldn't be thinking about that. Or why did I do that? Or why didn't I do that? Anything related to the, the present, the, the, excuse me, the past or the future and being aware of where, where your mind is at. So it's kind of helping them train their mind and recognize um, where, where their mind is. And then, because as you guys know, when we're in front of clients and you've all been in front of a, a client and you can tell they're thinking about when lunchtime is, or you sure. find yourself thinking about, oh, well, when am I going to get to ask this question about my specific technology? You can see that in someone so easily. And we don't want to be those people. We don't want to be, I, I believe it's a little disrespectful, actually. So I like to be completely present, like I am here now with you, um, and, and teach people h- how to do that and tips and tricks and also feel their best. So we'll maybe talk a little bit later about a morning ritual but ways we can tweak our daily habits and identify things like when is your on time? Each of us have a point in the day when we feel our best. Um, Oftentimes when I'm giving a talk around time management, let's say I'll go around the room and I'll ask everybody, when is your on time? For me, it's between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. So I want to have meetings. I get the most done during that time. If I could give a presentation at 7 a.m., which you can't, but if I could, I completely would because that yeah. is when I am on the most. And, and when I, I would go that. around the room, it's so, yeah, it's so fascinating. And then you build your day right around that. So, yeah. for example, knowing, knowing that my on time is in the morning, that is when all my most important meetings are. Absolutely. If I'm giving a big presentation, it's that time. That's and a then, great tip. Um, yeah, and then and then I know what some of my non-critical activities are, such as um, you know creating quotes or you know working on different emails or catching up with someone who is not you know I'm not presenting to or something like this. I schedule that in the afternoon. Okay. But everyone is different. Yeah, everybody's different. Everybody. Some people. I mean, what about you guys? When is your on time? Bobby and Brian. Yeah, this is Bobby. I mean, I, I think my on time is probably in the morning, but I definitely have a, a phase two that's in the evening. I, I can get a lot of work done in the evening as well. Um, and maybe it's more of the task-based work. I might not be quite the on game with customer-facing activity, but I definitely think I have two on times during the day for sure. Yeah. Lucky you, Brian. Lucky Yeah. No, that's a good characteristic to have. Mine's definitely in the morning, but I also find if I put myself under pressure – um, that I can almost manufacture and on time uh, throughout the day. I can't do it all day, of course, but if I can, if I can create an artificial deadline for something, I can, I can almost manufacture that on time again. Yeah, yes. I think I'm a little yes. similar with that. Where I like, I like pressure. 
Uh, so I probably create a lot of that. I probably have more to-do lists than most human beings do. Um, and another tip that you mentioned there, Nadine, that, that I was given by a, a leader a long time ago was be in the moment, be present and be in the moment and, and don't be distracted. So I think we see it from average sales reps all the time who actually check their phones and engage in email during a meeting or work on a quote if they're not the lead of that meeting. And I, I just, it drives me insane that they can't be present. It's pretty freaking important. Get, get your head in the game. Pretty freaking important. And, and I could not agree with you more. It like, it's like nails on a chalkboard for me when I see that. And actually you asked me, Brian, what is something that I'm focusing on outside of sales? Yeah. I am so fascinated right now more than ever with our addiction to our devices. And I want to create an entire series of talks on our addictions. We are all addicts. We are all addicts. We do not want to be present and we grab our phones and we look at whatever so we don't have to think about whatever we need to be thinking about. Yeah, and if, you, and if you have a seven, a pro, sorry to interrupt you, but if you have a seventeen-year-old and a seventeen-year-old daughter and a thirteen-year-old son, YouTube, Instagram, and Snapchat have literally consumed the majority of their days. And and we had some strict rules. We recently took a big trip to spend some time over in Windsor with Brian and his family, and it was no phones, no data. Like we, I never even hooked them up. If they got Wi-Fi in the hotel room, that was the only time they could use their phones. Cause I didn't want them not to experience the damn trip. That's awesome. That is awesome. So they had to look at each other in the eye. How did that go? They, they met each other for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. It's a real problem. And that's a I definitely yeah. know a lot of people that would want to listen to that series. I've read some good articles, but you, you don't know where the science behind some of those articles are. So I look forward to hearing that. So you've also been a top achiever for many years and I've seen your success and uh, I've heard of your success and we've shared some of the things that we've both achieved other than hard work. What is it about your approach that's different than others? So I don't know a lot what others do. I don't, I, I don't want to say that I'm better than others because everybody's different and everybody has a different approach. So I can't really say what makes me specifically unique compared to other people, but I'm interested in that. So what I do do is I ask people who I work with all of the time, how, what could I be doing better? I ask my customers, I ask my partners, I ask my solution architects, what do you notice about me and how can I improve? I just always want to improve. And I get all sorts of different feedback. Um, it's crazy. I, I, uh, I actually, so I remember asking a solution architect back in the day. This was probably six years ago. Um, I said, hey, you work with a lot of my peers. I want to know, what can I do differently? What do they do? How can I improve? So to answer your question, how can I improve? is really what I think I'm always want. It's not my way or the highway. I just want to get better always. I'm fascinated by it. And so he said to me at the time, I wasn't present. He said, you're, mm. you can tell you're multitasking. Yeah. You can tell when I'm talking to you, you are typing. <gasps> I felt horrible. I felt so bad. I couldn't believe it because that means that I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't in the moment and I didn't care enough about what you're saying to give you the respect to just pay attention. 
And that's when I started doing something that I should have done a long time ago. Turn off my monitors. I turn off my monitors. It's the most basic thing. Turn off my monitors and I listen to you and I talk to you. Um, and, and more recently, another tool that I've implemented that I just started, one of my favorite life hacker type productivity people is James Clear. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him, but he talks about turning your phone on to do not disturb mode. I already turned off all my notifications. That's been a game changer. But turning my phone on do not disturb mode during my on time in the morning, I don't miss anything. Guess what? Everything's fine. And after yeah, two hours, right. I'm not going to save the world, okay? If a yeah. customer has a big opportunity, they're calling me, hey, I want to talk to you about a project. Guess what? They'll be fine in two hours. And it's, it's always fine. So um, I, I'm always asking for improvement. Another story comes to mind that was really funny. I have a great mentor. Um, he's actually a VP at our company. And uh, I asked him to come in because I had some clients in town. This was also, uh, I'd say, maybe four years ago. Um, and we are with these clients we're presenting and great clients, great, you know, group in the room. And afterward he comes up to me, he's like, and this is, this is for me. I'm someone who says I'm a motivational speaker. He says, maybe why weren't you smiling? You didn't smile once. You're so tense, like loosen up. <laughs> and I had no idea and, and there is such a thing about an energy in the room so I couldn't believe that I was doing that so now I just like to keep it real loose you know and, and have fun and business is business but we got to have fun right so to answer your question um, yes hard work is involved in it there's no question everybody works hard if you're a successful salesperson you're hustling I've been on president's achievement awards with the top performers, I'm, I'm not the best, but I, with some of the best, and, um, you know, they're working on our club trips. You know, they're, they're hustling. There's just no question about it. Um, but I think that you can't do the same thing always and expect different results, right? We've all heard that quote. And so I, I love to learn how I can improve as a seller. I love how I can improve physically um, mentally sleep better, be a better mother, be a better friend and always open, um, for suggestions there. So, yeah, I think that, that, there you, go. that you asking it a lot is definitely uh, a proof point, but I think those people that always want to get better is, is something that the listener should take heed to is uh, constant improvement. I know a lot of people that are stuck in their ways. They aren't open to that. I have not heard of James clear, but I will definitely follow and, and read some of his stuff. We talked about Tim Ferriss briefly before when we were doing the sound checks and he's a guy that has a lot of life hacks and, and any of that stuff I do enjoy and like for sure. It's mm -hmm. good Absolutely. stuff. So, so I, I love the turning off the monitor um, in, in really focusing your conversation, putting the phone on, do not, do not disturb. What's the best sales advice you've been given? And maybe those fall into that. Like maybe, Maybe your, you know, the culture and the the temperature of the room that you're managing by having a smile on your face and being happy and being engaged. That's that obviously is becomes kind of pervasive uh, throughout conversations with prospective customers. Mm -hmm. But um, so maybe those fall yeah. into it. But if not, any any spells advice that you've received over the years that you that you continue to use. Yeah, 
so I have, I have advice, but it doesn't have to do with a sales advice. It was more like life advice that I turned okay. into sales advice that has transformed everything for me. It's, but really when it comes to business, I read this book and it changed the game. It was called, it's called the four agreements. Oh have yes. I've read this. It? It's outstanding. It's an outstanding book. Yes. Yeah. By Don Miguel Ruiz. And, um, when I started putting this into practice, it changed everything. It, it, uh, the four agreements, um, there's, there's a couple of them I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, but, um, for example, don't take anything personally. Yeah. Hello, we're salespeople that to not take anything personally, we get told no all day long. And if a salesperson just starting out is taking things personally, you're never going to keep, you're never going to keep going. You're never going to make it because nothing that anyone says or does is because of us. It's always because of something that's going on with them. That's in life. If somebody yells at you on the street or honks their horn or tells you, hell no, don't call me again. I'm in the middle of something that has nothing to do with you. But if we let that stop us, if we let that person's whatever is going on inside of them get in our way, then we'll never move forward. So that has been crucial. Um, I'm sure we come, we all come up with it, you know, situations where in adversity all the time. And so that served me quite well. But another, another agreement that has served me is always do your best. And I think about that all of the time. It's so simple, but always do your best. So we have a choice every single time. We pick up the phone. We write an email. We send a quote. We can do it halfway or we can do our best. And that is something that's maintained front of mind for me. So, for example, sending a quote, for some reason, I've seen some of my peers, or I don't even know where this started, but just sending a quote to a customer, here you go, here's a quote you have. That's not the best. <laughs> it yeah, just doesn't yeah. cut it. And, and, and so really taking the time to say, this is the business impact, Mr. Customer, that you buying this solution is going to have and here's what you're getting um, and laying it out. That is your best, right? So just, it, that's a small example, but um, so the four agreements, if, if you turn it into a business uh, aspect will, will really, I believe change everything. That, yeah. It's that's a great, the best business advice. I, I agree. It's um, my favorite portion of that book is not to make assumptions because I, I think yes. we, we like, we tend to get in this binary, um, you know, the, the prospect is against us or we try to make too many assumptions on the position they're taking rather than having a thoughtful exercise of what could potentially be on the other side and exploring all options. And it's something I talk, I, I even use this with my own kids and, and have them think through, and not make too many assumptions. So yeah, we're, we're gonna oh. we'll put this book in the uh, in the show notes for this too. It's a it's an outstanding book. Brian, I totally agree with you. I have so many uh, as you're talking about this examples. Like I was just thinking about 
your previous podcast about preparing for the meeting. And there was a portion of the podcast that I love so much where you're talking about showing up to a meeting with a new management team from the customer side. And you are so ready. You're ready to, you know, everything about them. You're ready for the conversation. And then you have all these assumptions in your mind that they are coming from, you know, this other big company where that, you know, that that company did business with your competitor and, you know, you sit down and they say, Oh, I love your company. I, I've been doing business with them for so long. And do you know, this person, it's just, it blows your mind. You, you made all these different assumptions. And then, you know, just even in day to day, you think about as a seller, how often you have to rely on different members of your team. You work so much with di- different members of your team and, and in that you're under pressure. So you have to put pressure on them, right? Yep. And so Love what it. you do, right. So what you do is you can, they can say to you something like, you know, they're frustrated. You could tell they're frustrated and, and you think it's because maybe they're busy at work, but turns out if you just ask the question, this is my favorite thing is what's really going on. And if it goes on for so long, you just ask, what's going on? What's really going on here? Right. You know, right. I care about you. I want to know what's going on. And you learn, you learn who knows what you learn. My dog died or you know what? I, ha- I got into a car accident on my way to work or I just spilled coffee. I'm just having a bad day. And it, and it changes the game. It does. It really does. And, and it was the hardest skill for me to learn because I was. I'm, I like to say I'm so focused at work. I get a, a bad rap sometimes of being a little rough around the edges. But it, it, people have real lives. This is life, and it might have taken my own life experience to realize that not everything was quite as important as me and what I was thinking about in that very moment. So I definitely can appreciate that. But all this Brian's prep and your your thoughts and all those things kind of are just doing your best, right? Um, and it, it kind of culminates into another another facet that makes up a impeccable tech seller. One question that we've been asked in the last month, and one question we'll ask you, and it doesn't have to be a long, long answer, but how do you stay up with, with everything that your customer could possibly need? I mean, the tech world is changing so fast. How do you stay up to speed, train yourself, uh, and at the top of your game as it relates to all the technologies that you could help your customer with? Yeah, that's a good question. It's very difficult because we sell so many different things. And I get real clear and honest about the fact that I don't know every single detail about everything, but my job is a connector to make sure to get you in front of resources that do. But when something new comes out, I have a team I like to ask at my own company, the people who are the architects, the engineers, what their thoughts are on it um, and how they see it will fall into the marketplace. And if, if we're talking about new, new technologies, new companies in general, I, I really like to be cautious of who might buy them um, and, and kind of put some feelers out and, and talk to my peers in the manufacturer community to understand you know, what their companies are looking at. And um, if, for example, let me try to save save this without uh, divulging too much. So um, I'm working with a client right now who said to me, you know what, I love this technology. 
I'm really concerned because the company that just bought them, I've had bad experiences with their support organization. Mm. And that is a, that is a reason why I would not buy it. Help me understand why I should not be concerned. And so getting, you know, the VP of support on the phone and help dispelling those, those thoughts. So really the best way that I can understand different technologies and, and what I'd like to talk more about or have my customers potentially look at is talking to my customers who are using them and understanding what their experiences have been like and ultimately potentially connecting that customer with a potential customer to have them talk together. Um, so it's a lot of listening and it's not a lot of tying your hat to one specific thing necessarily because every business need is different. Um, you can't, what is the thing? You can't put a square peg in a round hole. So yeah. um, just trying to get as educated as, as I can. Yeah, I love it. And so are there, and maybe it's not specific to sales or technology, but what what about the groups that you follow, whether it's uh, through blogs, through Twitter, um, other podcasts that you listen to, books, and whether it's a technology book that helps you keep up to speed in the industry or whether it's something more like the four arguments, is there anything that you, um, that you really invest time in there? Sure. Sure. I, um, don't follow necessarily a ton of salespeople, but I do, I look at LinkedIn all the time in terms of new technology and um, reading articles that way. Um, because let's face it, the more time we're spending looking and researching and trying to know everything, the less time we're actually selling. Um, So I just prefer snippets. I do listen to podcasts completely when I travel and oftentimes, um, you know, just going in the office or whatnot. Um, Right now I'm really into Lewis Howes. A friend of mine um, recommended him to me and I started listening to all of his podcasts. It's L E W I S house and he's all about really um he he has a lot of sales but it's it's about tweaking your your routine and having optimal performance and he's extremely positive so there's a ton of different interviews that he will do with top performers in their class similar to tim ferris very similar to tim ferris um I also listen to On Being by Krista Tippett. That's just a kind of like a weekend enjoyable podcast I enjoy. Um, Alanis Morissette has a great podcast. I listen to a lot of Dharma talks, just uh, kind of Buddhist Dharma talks, um, kind of getting into a peaceful state for the day before a crazy day. Um, books. So I, I don't read a ton. I used to read a lot more business books, but now I'm reading more. Um, actually, I love Ariana Huffington. I read all of her books. Um, her book Thrive, really fascinating to me. Um, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, is and Wherever You Go, There You Are by John Kabat-Zinn. Those are two books that I find myself going back to. I'm actually in my office right now looking at my library. There's so many, so many good That's ones. Great. But, um, We're going to need to get a list yeah. from you when this is all over. This is great. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I really believe that um, my husband and I were just talking about this. You know, you get into these habits, you get into the habit of looking at your phone and and scrolling and uh, scrolling for miles. As I like to say, instead of reading, and I think that um, we need to read more. So we said to ourselves, we're going to, 
we're going to put the phones away and really start um, reading. He's actually just start. He was starting the four-hour work week. Um, so, yep, that's just a, a few. Um, and then when I'm not reading business or um, more spiritual books, I'm all about the wellness and I'm a matcha tea drinking, smoothie chugging <laughs> fool. Yeah, so that's what I'm I like it. I, I like the fact that you know a lot of these sales books. I'm, I'm not a big sales book reader. I've read the obligatory ones that we all read through our careers, right. but but a lot of them are kind of the what's the saying? It's the same wine, different bottle. Um, so yeah. I, I love this kind of diversity of lists that you've got here. Um, so for everyone listening, we'll summarize these and put them on the website. For sure. And we're, we're the, the, the talk has been so enjoyable, but we are kind of running towards the, the end of our, a lot of time. Um, we're going to have to do a round two for sure. Nadine, if you're up for it, but the last oh, yeah. question that I wanted to spend a lot more time on, and maybe we'll end with it here and start the next round with it as well. But what is your morning routine? You you said your on time is mm-hmm. six to nine. You probably have a commute. You've got a family. What's your morning routine look like? Bobby, this is my favorite topic ever. Okay. So I'm a really big believer in setting yourself up for the day um, and really mentally preparing. I When I give talks, it's all about how you can imagine what is the first thing that happens when your phone alarm goes off. You grab your phone, you grab it, you look at your email, right? And you're in immediate reactive mode and you're fighting fires and you're hurrying and you're not in the moment because you have to rush to the office or go do this or, you know, you're looking at social media and um, I stopped doing that and I want to get my head on straight so that whatever happens in the day, I'm ready for it. And that has to do with taking care of myself uh, from what I put into my body and then also mentally. So the first thing I do, my alarm, I wake up between 5 and 6 a.m. And when my alarm goes off, I grab my what's called uh, the five-minute journal. I've been have a gratitude journal for a very long time, but I just started using the five minute journal. Actually, Tim Ferriss, uh, I saw it on, he, he was using it. So I've been using this for close to a year now. Yeah. That was one and of, what uh, it is, in, you look, sorry to interrupt you, but in his four hour work week, yeah. it's your husband starting to read. That was one of his, uh, one of his readers created that as a muse. I am looking at my shelf and have four or five copies over there. Cause I gift that to anyone who says they aren't having a very good time or week or month. It doesn't take long to have to write down three things that you're thankful for to feel really good about it. So love that journal and uh, a daily practice for me as well. Oh my gosh, Bobby, we are so similar in so many ways. I give that to, I give that to people as well. In fact, I just had my cousin call me up and say, I need to tell you about this. I started using the, the journal that you gave me and I had put it up for a long time, but something came to me. I started journaling and now I got a new job and this, I'm like, whoa, the journal's doing a lot for you. But, uh, but she really attributed it to, you know, getting in the positive mind state. And there's a quote, I, don't, I say it, I don't know if I made it or what, but it, you can't be pissed off and grateful at the same time. Like whatever's bothering you, you just, you can't be grateful and that at the same time. So um, I choose to be grateful. Um, and so in this five minute journal, as you know, 
you, you write down three things immediately that you're grateful for. And that could be the bed I'm sleeping in or clean sheets or the coffee I'm about to drink or anything. And then you also write down three things that you um, think will, it will be a successful day because three, these three things will make it a successful day. And I really like that part, you know, because even if it's just like going to the grocery store, Hey man, I got a young baby. That's a freaking win for me. Okay. So going to the grocery store or, you know, having this phone call with a, with an old friend or, you know, reading this chapter of a book, whatever, those are, those are the three things. And then the last part is really awesome. It's I am dot, dot, dot. And this is a big part of my day um, in terms of my morning rituals in terms of setting an intention, or I call it a daily mantra. And I am, you know, I got it, or I am ready for anything, or I'm going to inject humor and some lightness into every exchange I have today. Or, um, you know, I'm going to be a little bit more compassionate with people. I'm going to listen, or I am I am whatever. I'm funny. I'm a badass. Whatever you want to say. And and um, it helps set your, your mind up straight. And then I venture upstairs to my meditation area. I have a, a meditation practice for five or six years now. Actually, I was lucky enough to have a, a, a meditation cushion designed for me when we moved into our new house because it is a part of my life. And so I will sit and practice meditation for 10 to 15 minutes every day in the morning time. Um, I've tried all different kinds of meditation. I encourage everybody to try all different kinds of meditation if they would like to. Uh, there's no, I'm not tied to a particular kind. Typically I do the Pasana meditation, which is just breathing. But sometimes I want to be guided. So I use an insight. It's called the insight app. And it will, it's a little, you know, bing and it'll start and end but there's also a lot of guided meditation. So that's my favorite one. And I'll do that for 10 or 15 minutes. Um, if I am going to the gym that morning, which I do, I will do it in my car. I meditate. I'm that weirdo on the train with my eyes closed and everybody's like, she's sleeping. I'm, I'm in a, in a different state. <laughs> and so that's how, that's how I get started there. Um, and then, you know, lately, if my baby's still sleeping, I'll be in the kitchen and I will make myself a cup of tea and do some outside of CDW work, like prepare for an upcoming talk or um, put some content together, things like that. And then um, I will have a shot of apple cider vinegar and I then make a um, matcha tea latte. Stop drinking coffee. I think that's a really big thing. Um, you also, if you think about your on time, so matcha tea lattes keeps me consistently have energy, keeps me consistent with my energy throughout the day. And that's important. I noticed when I was drinking coffee, I had a huge slump in the afternoon. And so that impacts my productivity. I also was really jittery with coffee and I was like, you know, kind of spazzy and I didn't want that either. So that's a huge part. Uh, as much as I love coffee, I, I gave that up. Um, and so mind you, this is about seven or so. I have not looked at email yet. And then, um, I, so it's probably seven, then eight o'clock. I will get to my, my, my office either once, you know, I go into the office to downtown or I'll work from home and I have a notepad 
a binder at each, each book or each desk, excuse me. And I write down again, what my intention is. So I write when I'm about to open your email, you never know what that inbox is going to contain. I say, I am going, I am X or I am this, or I am ready for this, or I'm going to conquer the day, whatever it is. And that also gets my head right. Um, and, and then recently, as I mentioned, I started turning off my phone. Um, I turn it to do not disturb and that's new. And that is incredible to see how your mind goes and you, you want to reach for your phone while you get on a call or when you're waiting for something and you see your urges, it's just phenomenal. It, it, it blows your mind. So I turn that off so I can completely focus during my on time. And that is my entire morning ritual. I could totally go into more details, but that's a lot anyway. So I love it. I but, think, yeah. um, yeah, I think that really the net of it is it's more of a psychology approach uh, rather than a sales approach, right? It's you're you're very thoughtful about every step of this, and I, I think it'd be great if um, and to kind of plug some of your stuff. It's peacelovesales.com. Again, we've got a link on bobbyandbrian.com that will 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 share all of this and send you directly to her site, or you can go to her site directly too. But if you manage a sales team and you want to get your sales team um, you know, have, have them be more thoughtful in their approach. You should hire Nadine, get them to come out, get her to come out and do some motivational speaking for you and your team. And, and to kind of summarize what we talked about today. And thanks again so much for, um, for coming on the show. We talked about mindfulness. We talked about your on time every day and being, uh, being thoughtful about what that is for you and how do you make the most of it? What activities do you do in that on time to really maximize your productivity uh, I love the idea about turning off your monitors and really being in the conversation, putting your phone on, do not disturb. Uh, we're going to link to a ton of books that you mentioned. Um, and then one that was on your website, but we didn't bring up today is the Dan Harris book, the 10% happier. I saw that you have a link yeah. to that on your website too. That's a fantastic book that I highly it recommend. It really is. Yeah. I, I am so grateful to be a part of this. You both have so much wisdom to share. Bobby, you've been a mentor of mine for so many years and we got to help each other more. And I cannot wait to check out your next interview. I'm so glad you're putting this content out there and I can't wait to share it with some of my peers. Well, you have exceeded expectations for our first guest. No question, Nadine. I can't Set wait. Set the bar high. Yes. Yes, you did. The future guests will listen to this and go, oh my gosh, I don't know what I just signed up for. But we, we really appreciate it. I can't wait for round two and, a, and other personal chats along the way. Um, is there any other place you would like our guests to find you online other than peacelovesales.com? Instagram. Nadine Cherry. I'm all over Instagram. I always post my morning rituals, all the stories, all my photos, a little bit of inspo. So please, Nadine, N-A-D-E-N-E, Cherry like the fruit, and I look forward to following you back. Well, with that, we'll wrap it up. Thanks again for always being a partner to me, and we wish you continued success in everything that you do, Nadine. Same to you, you, Bobby and Brian. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Have a great week. You too.